0: to another episode of the EFL Fantasy Podcast, my name is Jamie,
1: my name is Angus
2: and my name
1: is Dan
0: and we are back to review game week 28 in Gaffer, um, the last game was today we are recording on the Sunday night, Sunderland beat Middlesbrough um, earlier on this afternoon which we'll talk about later um, but before we do, how are you two guys going on? Good?
1: Yeah, great bad. Yeah,
0: <laughs> fair, fair enough well, I, I really hate how awkward I sound on introductions. <laughs> so I'm, I'm just just gonna go random things next week at yeah. um right then the usual then for the existing listeners and watchers we'll go through our scores we'll go through the couple of featured games from the weekend and then go through the other results questions from Twitter and then we have got a new segment at the end. Um, shall we get straight into it?
1: Let's do it, let's do it. Right,
0: okay, so we'll go from our, the lowest scores first to the high. so I know that's definitely me because I had an absolute shit week. Um, and I finished on 52-4. Took out Jones, which was a good transfer, but I took out Lewis Baker because they had enough, the Stoke, and then they turned into Prime Barcelona. Um, he got an assist and bonus, uh, but I brought in Giles and... Crooks. Now I did bench crooks. Um, it was bit mainly for next week. So my point scorers this week um, Bogun Egan got me 7 and 8. Brie 9. Mattson and Giles just got me the 3 each. Johansson and goal 5. Chair, emergency captain 2. NDI, vice captain 4. Breton Diaz captain 4. Akpom 2 and then Victor 5, what a shit show, Honestly, I could not have chose three worst captains this week, so that's resulted in me uh, into a red arrow, I'm now down to 210th so if my season wasn't already over it definitely is <laughs> now and we'll swiftly move on from my team because I don't want to talk about this anymore and the next one is the pod team Angus you'll be yeah. for this one
1: we've got 58 minus 4 um, so we had Johansson, five, which uh, at least we got the goalkeeper decision right. <laughs> we had uh, Giles, three, Bree, nine, Amitodzic, three, f- five, Matson three, Chair, two, uh, Saar, captain, which was ten, Di, vice-captain, four, Zaruri, ten, Akpom, two, Victor, five. Um, we had bought Giles and Saar this week, and we came third this week in the competition. We had 54 net, um, obviously, after the minus four. The community team had 56, oh. and guys on gaffer had 57. And uh, ironically enough, given how much we love him on this podcast, if we had just started Colin, who scored 10 points, we would have won this week.
0: <laughs> we need to start up in our game in this. I'm going to blame you two.
1: Yeah, that, that's fair. Because I
0: basically <laughs> have no involvement. When I see you two planning the transfers and stuff, I normally just stay away. And then I'll just have a notification at the end saying, you like you're Captain <laughs> Yeah, you're <laughs> your <laughs> <the> Captain. <laughs> but I did actually have um, a say this week where I was convinced Zoroli was a better pick than Roads. Yeah. Um, I knew that game was going to get called off, so... <laughs> It was obvious, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah, not good. We are going to start kicking on with that. I'm going to bring my expert views into it. I mean, we're going to smash the community and the guys on Gaffer. Next team, then, is yours, Angus. i let you talk us through that one.
1: Yeah, so 67 minus four. Um, although, I guess I can call it a success, given that part of my minus four this week, I bought Joao Ferreira from Watford. Scored 13 points. And I bought him for Isaiah Jones, who was an unused substitute. So uh, I think that's that's a roaring success there. Um, I also bought and captained Saar, which was 10 points. Um, Wilson in goals just for one. Uh, Giles, three. brief nine. Kamara, three. Ahmed five. DI Vice-Captain, four. Chair 2, Victor 5, Stuart 12, uh, so that was handy today. I also managed to bench Zorori's 10 and Alan's 7.
0: Nice, good score. I've just realised looking at yours, like, the reason I've done so shit is because idioty sold with Stuart 4, Brighton Diaz last week. So <laughs> yeah, not play and then blanked for me when I've captained him two
1: weeks in a row. So. Well, I mean, Stuart did the did the smart thing from a gaffer point of view today of getting his penalty saved and scoring the rebound. So uh, he got more points.
0: I mean, if there's a loophole in the rules, whoa, <laughs> why not exploit it?
1: Ross Stewart clearly plays the game. He clearly knew yeah. uh, what, what to do.
0: Don't score penalties. It's crap. Score the rebounds. Yeah. And, then, and then Dan, your team is on the screen now. You had a good week.
2: Yeah, so I uh, played Jeepers Keepers. Uh, I was always planning on playing it when it was the double, and there was a lot of talk about what strategy we were going to do, and in the end I thought, I'm just going to play it. Um, I brought in Johansson for Amos. Um, So Jeepers Keepers, I think it was all right. Wilson got 13, Johansson 19. Um, Probably the bare minimum I wanted um then captain Saar for 10 vice ndi um i had giles for three brief for nine for five chair for two diallo for 11 uh akpon to victor five and stewart 12 so in the end i'm up to eighty seventh. that's a 45 place green arrow so I think it's worked quite well, because I think the average was probably 40 to 50. So obviously I obviously had like, players like Diallo and Stewart turn up, plus my Jeepers keepers. So, yeah, yeah. I think good. I think it's worked quite well.
0: Nice little rise as well, so it gets you in the hunt for a half-decent finish. going into the last set in a couple of weeks, so that's good. So what we'll do now then is we'll get into the featured games, um, and the first one is... Launch time kickoff from Saturday, Coventry to Norwich 4. Anything worth noting from the line-ups, Dan?
2: Uh yeah. So uh both teams were unchanged. Um Coventry, the main users Panzo was surprisingly on the bench instead of starting, um, Wills and Wilson Esbrand, uh the left wing back who's signed from Man City on loan, was on the bench as well. Um but it, it, it's all about a crazy 45 minutes in the first half, which unfortunately I I, I wasn't able to watch this game. Um, but Norwich um, just started really, really well. I think they were three up. Was it in 20 minutes, something like that? Um, and then just a bonkers game with Coventry coming back. Uh, Dow got two goals and an and yeah, just really good attack and play that I think it's more of a front four in the four two three one with Sargent in behind um, puki Hernandez on the left and uh, Dow on the right. Um, I'm going to pass on to Angus because he watched the game. So I only briefly watched
1: the highlights. Yeah, I, so. I was about to say Danza uh, nicked my notes about the, <laughs> the formation, <laughs> which I told him before the, we started. I didn't um, think yeah. that when he
0: started going into yeah.
1: it. Um because that was the clarity, obviously, where we were talking about yeah. sergeant position last week, it was very much a four, two, three, one with sergeant as a ten. Um but what they were doing was really interesting because even with the midfield two, McLean was dropping sort of right back between the centre backs almost. Sara was then almost in between and then um, Sargent was playing as a 10. Um, and it did actually work where you would be worried almost that they would they would lose something in central midfield as a result of doing that. But because obviously McLean, it was more sort of going back to get the ball or whatever. They, they were still able almost to progress it through the lines. Um, but they, they had their way with Coventry early on. Coventry's defence were just being pulled all over the place. I mean, Norwich didn't even have to... I say pulled... Norwich didn't even have to do that much to like disorganise the Coventry defence. Um, they just seemed to be all over the place. Um, the own goal was quite funny. Um, spent a while trying to work out who had scored, um, which player had scored the own goal. Uh, the you know I think it went from a Grant Hanley goal to a Jake Bidwell own goal to a Michael Rose own goal. Um, so that that was fun. Um, uh, you had the Onel Hernandez goal where I thought he'd messed it up and then uh, he scores a goal which um, I'm not sure Ben Wilson will want to see back.
2: Uh, <laughs> cost me three uh, points.
1: <laughs> yeah, Josh Sargent scored from a really good pullback from Pukie. Um And at that point, you like we were sort of setting, um, well, at least in a couple of chats, I was in like, this this could be anything. Like at that point, it looked like you know it really could be anything, like almost pick a number, and then it just and then it turned on its head again. Um, Alan uh, with a, I'm going to call it a good finish. Um, you could argue that he's he's not like sort of intended to do that, but I'm going to call it a good finish. And uh, Casey Palmer, um, the goal for a while was being attributed to Victor, and we thought, oh, what a finish! And then on, on about the third replay, we were like. Victor hasn't actually scored this. Um, it was Casey Palmer. Um, good finish from him, particularly to generate that sort of power and placement on a side foot, essentially. Um, was, was very impressive. Um, it was a little bit boring after that. That was 3-2 after 26 minutes. And then there was only one other goal. Um, and that was Kieran Dowell. Um, but yeah, I think it, it was still entertaining particularly that first half because i'm not sure anyone had control for more than about three minutes uh (laughs) second half it settled down a little bit but i did think you know coventry coventry did well given how badly it could have gone after that initial sort of onslaught and they were still in it second half as well so i guess i have to give them credit in that regard
0: i got in 10 minutes into the first half and missed two goals obviously and I'm sitting there, and I'm thinking, this is crazy. And even my daughter the I mean, only she's four, and she even said, why aren't the goalkeepers saving them? They keep scoring loads like of goals. <laughs> and I was like, don't complain, this is brilliant. And then second half, it was more on in the background for me. I was eating and getting ready to go out for the Stoke game. So, I obviously, I didn't really see a lot from the second half. But um, the man on the screen for them on YouTube is Kieran Dowell. You know, since Wagner's come in, I... Two league games. He's got, he's hauled, and both uh, he's a top-scoring player from this game week. Um, is it time, as Jacob says, to get on the Dowel train?
1: Um, I'm I'm thinking we can now start calling it a train. Uh, <laughs> it's not a carriage. <laughs> it's not sort of a carriage. It's not a bus. Like I think we can start calling it a a train now. Um, we've always known with him the sort of quality he possesses. Um, And it's been a case of particularly getting a run of games to show it. And I think the, the big problem for him is I think it's a couple of times he's done it in the championship. And then when they've got promoted, they basically treat him like he doesn't exist. And then he sort of comes back around again in the championship. But this season it's taken a little while, but, you know, he played really well. He, he's not an out and out winger, obviously, but like, he gives them some someone like another player who's capable of, who's comfortable playing in a wide area, who's familiar with playing in a wide area. And I think that's important for them. Um, and so
2: also Aaron's can go like push on forward. So he sort of drifts in anyway.
1: Yeah. Um, so I think he, he looks to be playing really well. And with this formation that looks like it's going to sort of get more players in the attack in a more natural way as well, where we've complained about the three strikers all playing in the front three, them all being in sort of more natural places, you know, where, they're, where they they where where you would expect them to be almost. I think that's going to help someone like him who has that creative element to his game as well.
0: I was looking forward to watching this game because from obviously the highlights in the Preston game, um, I noticed, you know, there's a lot of Norwich players... In the opposition box, uh, seems to be the case here. But people will notice now, especially look at fixtures, they blank obviously in 29. They've got Burnley um, at home in 30, which obviously isn't ideal, but their run after is absolutely fantastic. And they also double in 33. So, you know, we said, let's have a look at them. Would you know? Are we looking at bringing them players in now? Would you say?
1: Yeah, obviously, uh, you know, we laughed about the fact I had sold Pookie. I'm sure he he's on the cards at the moment. I think this formation helps him as well because there there are times in other games where he can end up isolated or making runs in behind, and there's not necessarily the players to to get the ball to him. I think in this system that helps him both in terms of more players being close to him and more players that can find him um sergeant i think is is very much an option Dowell, i i, I can't recommend on el hernandez um he'll, he'll get the odd attacking return but he's basically the championship adama Triore. he'll put the ball in the stands as many times as he'll actually get it in the box like um he'll beat someone and then he'll like trip over uh it's incredible <laughs>
0: i for when i watch when i watched like the bits of him on saturday i'm like he you know he's exciting when he gets the ball, you like go on, run at him, and yeah. he does. Um, but like you say, you know, he did it at the post in the second yeah. half, didn't he? But yeah, I don't think Hernández will be at the top of my But now I'm looking. You know, you can't ignore Dal was form. Two goals no. in two weeks, you can't really ignore that. But Puki's very interesting at the moment, um, as well as maybe even sergeant. But you know, would you? Just let the Birmingham game play out before you start considering it, or because I think they could take the game to Birmingham. I think they might go. Would you call it a surprise?
1: Yeah, it'd be a surprise if they if they like, particularly if they beat Burnley even at home. It would be a surprise. Um, I'd potentially want to let it play out. I mean, if you're if you're still on Buki, like that's absolutely not a problem. Um, him playing Burnley, like he could he could return in that game. But like, if you're looking to go in, I, I, wouldn't, necess- like, I, I wouldn't necessarily feel great about going in for, for for a game against Burnley.
0: You feel the same, Dan?
2: I don't. Know. I think Puky can even, yeah. even sign him for Burnley because I think this will be the, the sort of game they do quite well in.
0: What about it- defensively though? Because obviously the goals that they conceded, especially the first one that they conceded the defending wasn't really great was it? Um if we're honest. Um, the cut well the cutback back from the header and then he's just unmarked to score. Would you look at him defending, you know, Max Ahrens, we haven't you know, a lot of people started off with him at the beginning of the season. Nobody's probably really looked at him recently. Would you consider that, Angus, or is that still a no go for
1: you? Not for me. Um I I've I've noticed it in a couple of games, sort of the highlights recently or whatever, but or sort of, you know, clips going around, but um, I want to take the opportunity in this game to um, to have another look at him. And I think I said earlier in the season, um, and it was clear in this game, that particularly when it comes to his end product, you can sort of see what stopped clubs getting over the line in terms of actually signing him away from Norwich. He gets in those great positions. His end product isn't great. It's not, is it? Um. And particularly if you're going to be that attacking a fullback, you you know, there's only so much value you carry, particularly to other teams, for getting into good attacking areas. If you can't do anything with the ball um, when you get there, um, as much as I love loved him, I call it the Hector Bayerin problem, um, where he would get into these great attacking areas and everything, but you know, you were lucky if he did something productive with the ball. And Max Ahrens kind of has that problem. Um, and on the other side, you know this has come back. I mean, he went off early in this game. Like That seems to almost be a rotating spot there. So that's my issue with them defensively at the moment. Also, Krull looks like he could make an error at any moment.
0: <laughs> and Dan, any final thoughts before we move on to the next game?
1: Um,
2: Probably not. Just just to keep an eye on I've got a couple of numbers for Norwich. Eight big chances created in the last two games and 5.5 XG, which is very, very good. So they're definitely... It's not like a massive fluke. They're creating really good chances and they're scoring them.
0: Well, if the XG says it's good, then it must be good. <laughs> um, we'll move on right to the next game. Um, this one was one of the Friday night games. being only beating West Brom 2-1. Um, Dan, anything noticeable from the lineups? Any major changes or anything like that?
2: Yeah. So for Bernie, Bastian, Teller, and Barnes came in. Uh, Cork was suspended. I think he's got ten yellow cards, the okay. first player, so he's two game ban. Uh, Benson was dro- dropped, and so was Jay Rodriguez, which was probably a bit of surprising. I that Jay Rod got the benched over Barnes. Um, for West Brom, Dean Garner came in for Phillips. I think Phillips Phillips has got an injury. Yeah. Um, and West Brom uh, took the lead. Um, set piece. Having watched West Brom against Luton the week before, their delivery was, was very good. Obviously, Swift um, whipping them in. And you've got Furlong, You've also got that they're quite a big physical side and we we definitely saw earlier on in the start of the season when Sheffield United basically bullied uh, Burnley from set pieces, so I wasn't overly surprised West Brom scored from a set piece. Um, But as the game worn on, especially in the second half, I think we saw just how good the depth of this Burnley side is because they were able to bring on Jay Rodriguez and Benson on the 63rd minute, and then Scott Twine, who probably came with the most fanfare of any of their signings, especially with what he, what he was doing in MK Dons. Uh, I think I think he came on in the first game, hit the post with a free kick, and then he's hardly played since then. But um, they won a free kick, and we we were in the chat, and I said he's going to score here because he's, re- he's, he's scored more goals, uh, free kicks than Ward Prowse recently in the last few years. So I wasn't surprised, and and he scored. And this is a player who's hardly played, and now he's on the bench, and you're thinking he could easily come into this side and, and make an impact. And they're still signing players. Um it, they've they signed another defender who we think is going to come straight into the team um Ekdal, uh swedish center back obviously with uh harvard bellis out injured you think him and Bayer would would play at center point backs at some point so yeah the main thing i took for, away from this game was burnley played a very good team in west brom who are high on confidence and just their squad depth and won them the game. I don't know if you've got anything else, Angus?
0: Before you do, Angus, we obviously said last week we weren't going to talk about being in West Brom because that's all we spoke about um, over the last few weeks, but there's a man on the screen now, Scott Twine, who Dan's mentioned there, obviously come on and scored the free kick. What I found interesting, you know, 7.6 million but this must show how many dead teams are because he was very popular at the beginning of the season. He is seventeen and a half percent owned, <laughs> which I thought was quite interesting when I saw it. But yeah, you wanted to speak about Twine, didn't you? Well,
1: yeah, I think it's just one of those great moments, isn't it? Like you know, he's he's had these horrible injury issues, um, you know, almost immediately. Um, and he's been out and then he's been in the squad for a few games he's had to be he's had to wait um and company had talked about wanting to sort of be sure before getting him involved and he comes on and you know particularly for someone who's a set piece specialist you know to get a free kick right on the edge um I'm not sure it was a free kick but uh, that's another matter entirely <laughs> um, and particularly because that's one of those that's one of those positions where you often think that might be too close. Too
0: close to get over the wall
1: and and, under. and the way he manages to get get it up and over and like right into the far corner, it's just like it, it's just one of those sort of great moments where it's, and and you could see in the moment and then after the game just how happy the rest of the players, staff, everyone were for him. He was almost lost for words after the game. He didn't quite know what to say. Um, and it, yeah, it's just one of the. He could like you know we've spoke about the set pieces and everything, but it's just another player in that in that attacking area for Burnley. Um, you know, it might create a bit of an issue if if you already own one of the wide players, but um, you know, f- from their point of view, to just have a, you know someone like that as another option, I think he's is more of a
2: more of a ten though, Angus. So it yeah, most often in
1: those attacking areas, where like you know, because because they've used Teller in field, they've used Goodmanson in field, so you know there's still going to be that that sort of element of you know even even there, so many players for only three spots.
0: So basically, what you're seeing is creating more of a boy between being the assets, isn't it? Because they've got that many options.
1: Yes, um, I say that as a as a you know not at all concerned <laughs> and a Sorori owner.
0: yeah that's the problem you know they're all great options but they all can't play can they so yeah I think that's worth keeping an eye on it but yeah like you say it's nice to see him come in get the winner in a big game like that as well because I think that just finally probably cemented some Burnley's fans thoughts of like you know what actually we are going to go up because if they'd lost that I'm not saying West Brom would go and catch them but it gave West Brom belief where now I think they only had just gone.
2: Clear. What's this, this thing on Twitter the last couple of days about the parachute payment? It's, it's done my head in. <laughs> yeah. I know it's done uh, your head in as well. I
1: mean, I mean let, let's be real here. It, without even knowing how much they've spent on this latest centre-back, they haven't even spent 50% of the money they made in player sales in the summer.
0: Yeah, but Angus, it's not fair. You're not allowed to sell all your players for a lot of money, and then we like spend half of it and create a really good young side. You're not allowed to do that. It's not fair. on the rest,
1: no.
0: So, like every club f- from now on, while parachute payments are along, one club a season will be labelled parachute FC. It's, it's so stupid. They've done it. Like if I was a Birmingham fan, I'd be over the moon. I honestly yeah. would be over the moon because well, the, they've transformed the, the whole club. You know they're gonna go up. They'll take the Premier League by, not by a storm, but by surprise. Yeah. They'll, play good football. They'll probably add to that squad as well. Like, it's exciting times to be a Burnley fan, I think.
1: Um, I mean, not- I saw someone link, like, because there's been this talk about Antonio Conte leaving Tottenham at the end of the season. I saw someone today link um, Tottenham, say Tottenham should go after, like, Vincent Company. And that didn't seem stupid to me, which is a statement of how well they've done this season.
0: Yeah, because a big club like Titan, normally a championship manager. You,
1: yeah, you, 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 you hear that and you're like, you, you're immediately like, no, that's ridiculous. Stop yeah. being stupid. Like, I know that it's Vincent company, so it's different. But even so, that what they've shown so far this season, like, I I still think it wouldn't necessarily be a good idea. But I didn't immediately think that's ridiculous, which shows how well they've done already this season. I, th- I think
2: there's like a lesson to be learned from Bernie. From like how to do it properly if you get relegated like if you look at the Premier League now I don't want to get too much into Premier League but you've got Southampton, Everton, maybe not West Ham but if those clubs come down you'd think they'd have to transform their club especially Everton they're showing you how, how to do it and like you you think when you came down Jamie, I'm not going to mean to run, rub it in, but the, you, you signed like established championship players, didn't you? Yeah. Like, I remember the season you you done it. You must have spent probably double what Burnley had, right?
0: Yeah, I, I, you know, you see, you say that, at that time, them. I thought you know that team on paper it was by far the best in the league, but then you have players like Tom Mintz, who, uh, yeah, they've, they've done well in the championship before, but they haven't got that attitude. Burnley have gone for like a young profile probably like, oh no you know I didn't know who Zorori was and you know some the players hadn't got a clothing wear and we did not know what to expect to off off being we did remember that first game against Huddersfields, yeah and then like, oh wow <laughs> yeah
2: but it's it's not that because they've signed young players they've got sell on value now
0: yeah exactly. so you think
2: Zor- Zorori's 15 20 million at least now
0: yeah and then obviously they haven't used all the money that they've made so they're in a good financial yeah. position yeah, fair play to Burnley. But we'll move on then to the next game. Um, this is the one I'm interested in watching.
2: Um, Go on then, Jamie, take it away. Just
0: for the viewers and listeners, it wasn't me you requested to put this in. If I'm honest, I, I probably wouldn't have had it in the featured games, it, even it was brilliant. Um, but I still, I still, assets probably still aren't relevant at the moment. Decent
1: double. What, what are you on about? Tripling up right away. Yeah, I'm
0: not giving the <laughs> secrets away. I'm still trying to call my way back up, Angus. I'm going to do that on my own. It's not like I've already done it before. And it went badly. Um, God, yeah. yeah, but it was... You noticed, Angus, you asked for this. Um, Josh Lawrence on the screen at the moment with a picture of his heat map from the game and he was absolutely everywhere, wasn't he?
1: Yeah, I think that's the thing where... Unfortunately for Stoke, that was one of the sort of additions in the summer where we were like, Yeah, good move, like really good move then yeah. um and he just hasn't been available as much as you would have wanted. But he's not necessarily particularly if we're talking about Gaffer, he's not necessarily a great asset sort of on his on his own. But it's what he does for the players around him that's so important. I agree. Um, I think that's the big thing with him is he makes life so much better for the players around him, the work he gets through, you know, it's not like he's super conservative when he gets the ball, but he he knows what he can and can't do. That's very clear with him. Um, But, you know, even last year at Reading, you could see he was trying to add more of an attacking element to his game and he doesn't, he doesn't look uncomfortable going forward, but he also recognizes that a lot of the time, the best thing to do is to, you know, give the ball to the attacking players to, you know get them in positions but he's one of these players that could make a real difference if he can just stay fit for a stretch and um yeah i just think then you know we're not necessarily going to be bigging up stoke assets but he's the sort of player that could make some of those other players more of an asset
0: yeah i agree He, he did one pass I'm not kidding. I had to rub my eyes. I thought it was Kevin De Bruyne on the pitch. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, honestly, the pass looked like he only had uh, that. The viewers can't see me, but like a little gap where he could have put it, and he did. It was fantastic. But yeah, I, you know, I'm not going to say go get Stoke assets in. We do have a double in 33, but you know, we've got the FA Cup this weekend, and then a tough trip away to Dan's Luton. Uh, but
2: let's play you always beat us let's be honest since we've come back I think we've only won once
0: yeah but you absolutely battered us this season And um, we just scored them here with goals and then you absolutely battered us all game um, but it might you know this could be the turning point I'm not as in the turning point where you know they're going to be amazing but over the last few weeks it's been horrific um, and I really did fear for relegation but Reading didn't really offer anything I was quite surprised by um, it was nice of Tom Ince to play exactly like how he did for us where he, he he was invisible. Uh, I'm
1: assuming I'm assuming he got grounded this weekend.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because yeah. that performance was shocking. But you're looking at our fixtures now. They're rooting away in thirty because we blank in twenty nine. Then we've got Hull in Huddersfield back to back home games, and then the double Blackpool away and Swansea away. So it's not too bad.
2: Decent fixtures.
0: Yeah, um, I think this it'll be a big week in the transfer window because obviously Fosse has gone to been recalled and then sent to Rotherham. Dilap obviously went to Preston and Harry Clark got recalled and he's gone to Whipswitch. So, I think I keep all coming this week and maybe one or two more signings. We'll see. Yeah, but I thought Josh Warren was superb and it was worth just talking about briefly. Next. Oh, minute, and
1: what, got... one last thing. One last thing. Yeah perfect that Dwight Gale's first oh, goal was the shot hitting him I haven't mentioned
0: <laughs> that you should have seen the reception he got like because he got some straight after the goal like they were planning on bringing uh, um, Camry Tezgaard come on for him um, but the crowd just erupted it, oh, it was brilliant it was actually nice, I actually enjoyed being at a Stoke game for the first time in a very very long time but yeah, Dwight Gale's going to go on an absolute hot streak now, so... Oh, yeah. no, and we
2: play next. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't write it, could you, Dan? But yeah, fancy derby.
2: Stoke win, Gale to score. Right, let's we'll get on to
0: your them. team then, Dan. Um, you went to Wigan and one
2: 2-0. Yeah. So, Wigan um, made a few changes. We've played them, this was our third time in two weeks we've played them because we got them in the FA Cup, but, um, because they weren't, some of their players weren't signed for the the first game of the FA Cup, they weren't allowed to play the replay. So they made three changes. Uh, Aziz, Fletcher and He came in for Naylor, Cousins and Lang. Uh, Luton's lineup was a bit of a surprise. We had Osho, Watson and Cornick came in for Dalty, Campbell and Morris. Obviously Morris we knew had, um, an injury doubt so i'm not surprised he he was missing um, to be honest I, I watched the the game back comfortable win um, just professional way performance a goal and assist from cornick um, another goal from adebayo that's three in three in a week three in three games um, the main thing uh, i wanted to tell about was how the strikers are are all in form and I think uh, Jamie's just got the uh the oh, yeah, tweet I've on got
0: the tweet on from We Are Working Town. Um yeah. Yeah, that is on there, Don.
2: So yeah, it's just showing that um it's not in the last six games, but in the last six games each striker has played, and you're seeing that we're scoring a lot more goals and the strikers are becoming quite pivotal in in what we do. I think at the start of the season there was like a lot of interest with Luton when they signed Woodrow and, and Morris um, and now they're all starting to play well. They're, we're all, they're swapping and changing, which isn't ideal. I still think Morris will be first choice, um, but it, it just takes the pressure off the players, especially last year. Adebayo was asked to do so much that he was getting niggly injuries towards the end. We We don't need to do that now. And, yeah, we're just re- really good going forward at the minute. Um, but yeah, I think Angus wants to talk some more.
0: Just before Angus talks about um, Edwards, um, yeah, obviously Brie is a point scoring machine and Gaffey, so yeah. he should be walked into your team. You've just mentioned there, Carlton Morris is probably your first striker. He missed out just to just due to a minor injury, but. You know, who would you look at from the other ones there? Though? Because me looking at that graphic, I'm thinking, like, who would I pick if I was going to go another one?
2: I'm not sure you can go another. I think Morris and Adebayo are our first choice, but we we've definitely seen, and even with Morris m- missing out now, you, the Cornix coming in scoring, even Woodrow, who who's been out for quite a while of injuries come back and get in goals. They're, they're all different strikers, especially Cornick and Woodrow. Woodrow can play 10. Cornick's that in behind. I think I'd just go Morris. I wouldn't go any of the others. Um, I know we mentioned before about how the wing backs are getting a lot more forwards. Um, Bree's locked in at right wing back unless he gets sold. Um And it looks like Bell is first choice at left back, wing back. Um, I've seen a couple of people with the double up, and we've had 10 clean sheets now this season. So we're not terrible defensively. But um, I think they're the main main two Bree and Morris, I think.
0: Okay. And Angus, you're particularly impressed with Edwards, aren't you, since he took over?
1: Yeah, um, I think it's easy to forget as well. When he came in, Luton, at least in terms of results, weren't in a good run of form. I, I, for the point of comparison, because Edwards has been in charge for six game, six league games now, um, I looked at the last six league games of Nathan Jones's tenure. They didn't win a game. Rob, Rob Edwards has won four of his first six. Yeah. Um, So you know, it's easy to forget that like they they were in a bad run of form, you know. Before he came in, he's turned them around. He's got them playing better. Um, You know, I think the first game was just was just bad. Uh, I think it was a a defeat to Middlesbrough, and I think that there were a couple of sort of murmurs at that point um, because it was sort of the first game. I think it was the first game back after the World Cup, and it, it really wasn't very good. It, um, it
2: wasn't that no, wasn't good, Angus. It was it was quite level, and then Amari Bell got sent off, and then it was all middles mm, It, it yeah. wasn't terrible, There's always an it
0: excuse, wasn't. Isn't there, Angus?
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, let let's ignore the fact they had like zero point four xg and thirty five percent possession. And, you
2: know. Yeah, but it <laughs> I wasn't, can reel well. off
1: the stats I, you know, about how bad it was. I have looked into this. <laughs> was um, it before
2: he got sent off?
1: Well, given that it was 0.4 XG for the whole game, it can't have been that, great before but, he got set
2: off. But that was the... They were Middlesbrough <laughs> were on that.
1: And Middlesbrough had, you know, almost two XG, so, uh, you know.
2: Yeah, but all that happened when Bell was off. Anyway, it don't matter.
1: Yeah. Um, the big thing, they won three... I think they were one of the only teams to win all three games over the Christmas period, um, which obviously when you're playing quick succession to... And the fact, I think, you know lots of teams have have injuries but when you come into a a team new as a manager and you're having to negotiate players coming in and out of the team with injuries the fact that he's managed to turn the results around and everything in the midst of that while getting new to used to a new squad thankfully for him i guess he didn't need to change the formation really he wanted to do basically the same thing um but he's just built on top of what nathan jones did and um you know, he's improved the results, um, which is obviously big and uh yeah, I just thought given that he's now had six league games in it was worth just sort of you know, highlighting the the improvement.
0: So with Luton, just looking at Luton's fixtures now, obviously got us at home, Coventry away, Preston away, um, Burnley at a team, you're due to have a double in thirty four if everything goes Accordingly, still... with the FA Cup, in there's a chance that may not happen. Though, isn't there?
2: We're at home to Grimsby.
1: And if but Luton if win, win then 34 catch. double disappears.
0: Yeah, that's no good, is it? <laughs> I if to get battered, Dan.
1: <laughs> cod Army,
0: Cod Army. I think it would the Cod Army anyway. I know the ain't
2: that Fleetwood, is it?
0: I don't know. I know the. I know it's a fishing area. Yeah. Well, we'll go with it. We'll go with it, right? Okay. Um, next one then. Watford drew it home to Rotherham one-one, which took us by surprise. Um, but you just wanted—I think you just wanted to talk about the guy you brought in, Angus. So we'll come to you first. Um. Oh, we've got technical issues. <laughs> we are, still haven't paid for Google Meet's Pro or whatever. We'll be back with you in just a second. Right, and we're back. Uh, I've explained to the viewers why it went off. I forgot, and we haven't paid for a premium yet because we're tight. Um, but yeah, Angus, I don't know if it cut off what I said, but we know you've only requested Joe Ferreira to be on here because you brought him in this week.
1: I mean, yeah. You know, isn't that how it works? Uh- <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it was quite convenient for me because... Um, when Bilic was talking about Ngakia picking up an injury, he basically said that Ferreira was going to come into the team, um, which particularly with them starting against Rotherham, um, him being 5.5, I thought, why not? They play in 29. I thought, you know, this is all setting up perfectly to go in. By all accounts, you know, in his initial impressions and previously, he's quite attacking fullback. Um, so I thought, well, attacking fullback against Rotherham sounds good to me. Um you know, from from his heat map, um, if you do look at it, you can see that he was getting high quite regularly, um, and you know his goal came from pushing up into the Rotherham half, winning the ball back, and then driving forward and just having a shot. I mean, felt like maybe the keeper could have done slightly better, but it was it was a good effort, um, and you would think that he's he's going to stay in the game for in the team for at least a few games, and he might stay in the team like longer term as well because obviously they've just brought him in they probably haven't brought him in to be the backup um they did, they might not have anticipated bringing him into the starting lineup so quickly but i guess the plan would be for him to stay there so um it's potential positive there and potential asset in the you know in the full back of a team like Watford at
0: 5.5 yeah i think the key thing there like you said as well um, Watford obviously play Middlesbrough in game week 29 so one of the six teams are actually playing in that week so I mean I'd say fair play you went on it early it's paid off but that's what fantasy football is about isn't it
1: yeah Yeah, and that's the thing I mean you know obviously it sort of um it, it swings both ways as well in terms of I'd sort of held Kamara through I was like oh great he's back and uh he was on the bench so you know it can go both ways um interestingly on him he came on at half time and you know again because i was i was sort of looking into it because from the way it's, it sounded um you know there was there was impact on the there was impact on the rest of the team um with the the young lad who was playing ahead of him and so that was the reason to change it um and if you look at saars heat map he was clearly doing quite a lot of work to help i think it was morris back there And with Kamara coming on, it just helped put not only because obviously Kamara will get forward, but it helped push it helped push Saar further forward as well. So I think for those who you know like there may be a few out there like me that held him through or are looking at potential options, I would assume he'll come back into the team not only because he's the best option they have, but because you know Bilic clearly recognised the need or the impact it would have on Saar. Um, freeing him up to get further up the pitch. And if you look at the chances he, he was involved in in the game, most of them came in the second half when he was able to push that bit higher and not have to help as much sort of defensively.
0: Okay, interesting. Dan, anything you'd like to add on Watford?
2: Uh, not so much Watford. I wanted to talk about Rotherham. Uh, what they,
0: so about Rotherham? they
2: signed uh, Fossu from, well, from Brentford, obviously, on loan. Um, at Stoke, um, and this meant that Washington dropped out of the lineup. And Obeney, who was playing on the wing in the previous game, went up front. Uh, they continued with the back four. Ang- Angus spoke about the back four and the, the new signings of Morrison. And, um, I can't remember the left back from Leeds,
1: yeah,
2: held up. Um, so. I know they got a bit a bit lucky with the number of times Watford hit the woodwork during this game, but that, that's another really good point for Rotherham. And that's four points in two games in a division where the points at the bottom has drastically dropped off to the, where you might only need a point per game, which is 46 points. So it, every draw down at the bottom it is massive. Um, and a win is huge, so... Yeah, I think, I think we're now starting to see um, what Taylor's side is is what is about. I think he was trying to keep too much of what Warn had brought in with the five at the back, but now he's gone. I think he's just thought, well, we're losing anyway. We might as well just go to how I want to play. So, still got Balassa, still got, got a Benet. If they can keep both of them, they've got a chance of of staying up. My guess is they lose one, probably.
0: Yeah, I agree. Right then, um, the last of the featured games, this was today's game, Sunderland beat Middlesbrough 2-0, Diallo and Stewart on the score sheets. Um, anything from the lineups ups Dan, that's worth noting?
2: Yeah, so uh, Bath and uh, Elise came in at left-back, who I was quite impressed with first half. Um, I think he's normally a centre-back who who was signed by the West Ham during the summer, but play left back. And for Borough Lenehan came back in at centre back. Um, they were continuing with that front four of McGree, force on the right, uh, crook still up front with Agpon in behind. Um, and I, I was just really impressed with Sunderland. Um, when you consider how well uh Borough had done. I think they'd only lost to Burnley in in a long, long time. Um, the Aloe caused a lot of problems for Sun uh, for Borough. He he was playing in the ten behind. Obviously Stuart Roberts was on the right. Clark was on the left, and just the passing and the movement. Obviously quite a young side, Sunderland, and at times Borough really struggled. Um, Diallo missed a great chance to put them one nil up. Where Stefan passed in the ball, um, they, they, I'm not joking. They could they could have been three nil up by half time, and I don't think Borough could really moan. Um, I was a bit bit disappointed with Borough. Um, I think they didn't have enough, weren't mobile enough up front. Uh, obviously, they've they got. Crooks up there and it's all right if you can get it up to Crooks and get the players in around him but there's not a lot of pace up front obviously no Archer uh, Jones just doesn't seem in favour at the minute and he's got blistering pace Um, yeah and Sunderland finally did score with um, Stewart through one on one and changed the game I think it was just in the penalty box Obviously won the penalty and then missed the penalty, and then scored the rebound. And because of this, Fry got sent off um, as he didn't attempt to play the ball. Um, and then the second goal was uh, Diallo. We've seen him do this a number of times: cut, cut in from the left and shoe. And Hackney, who I thought done quite well for Borough throughout the game, maybe showed his bit of inexperience. Got to show him down the line, but. As a Diallo owner, I was quite impressed because this is one of the differentials in my team, and for him to get eleven points up, uh, uh, along with the Jeep keepers I played, turned it into a, a good game week. I think.
0: Yeah, I only watched the first half, and then I went to cricket practice, so I missed the goals. But first half, I was impressed by Sunderland as well. Yeah, um, same with you on Middlesbrough. Didn't excite me at all. Um, I wasn't convinced they were going to score from watching that 45 minutes. But Sunderland, some of the phases of passing that they did throughout that first half was really good. And it would have been really nice if one of the goals had come off from them. Um, I think there was one where I'm trying to think who had it at the back, where Stewart was offside. Yeah. Um, and then there's also, as well, uh, Stefan Gold. <laughs> he knew he'd give a goal away early on with his pass back out, and then he parries that one with Stewart's technically offside. But yeah, I think from what I watched first half, it was a fair result. Angus, you watched all the game as well, didn't you? What were your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I mean, I thought I thought Middlesbrough were be- better second half. Obviously, they were very disappointing first half. Um, a lot of what they do is based on sort of gaining and maintaining control, and they didn't have that at any point. Um, I think it's interesting with the attack because Crooks playing as that center forward with Akpom in behind has obviously worked for them in the last few games. It really didn't work in this game. Um, And I think the rest of it probably would have been fine if they just had a better focal point, Um, which I think, you know, it took to the red, to after the red card. I think where they took Crooks off um, and pushed Akpom sort of, to centre forward, and then eventually brought Archer on for the for it to change. Um, I would expect potentially to see a change very quickly up front for them because I thought Fours on the right was perfectly good. I thought he was probably their most threatening player. He was an actual outlet for them. Forced a good save out Patterson in the in the first half. Um, McGree on the left, he's fine. Um, he's been rotating with what more um, I would say for those who are hoping to get Jones points, the fact that they made a change on the right wing and brought on Duncan Watmore and left Isaiah Jones on the bench should concern you um, if you're if you're expecting to see him play.
0: I think it's got to the point now, answer anyway. where you, you, you've got. To, I know they've got a game in twenty nine, so people might have been holding and hoping he comes back in the team, but sh- surely. Yeah, I mean, you might as well if if
1: you've if you've held him this long, you might as well leave him in there for twenty nine, unless you are amazingly set and you already have eleven other players and whatever. You might as well leave him there because you know he he might come off the bench finally. Like it's almost like he he is technically involved in a game, so you might as well leave him there. But after that, yeah, I'd I'd be getting rid. Um, But yeah, I think that. They were unimpressed. The one person, particularly in the second half when they tried to take more control of the game, thought Hackney in midfield. He's not going to be a gaffer asset, um, but I thought he he was really good in there. Unfortunately for him, he he screws up on the second goal in terms of not showing Diallo down the line. Um, but he did really well in the game. Um, it's quite funny when you look at the midfield because you've got him as a young player. And Howson as an old player, as the midfield too. Um, yeah, the only other thing from a Middlesbrough point of view is I'd criticise Dale Fry if you're going to be pulling back Ross Stewart for that long, bring him down before he gets to the penalty area. <laughs> yeah, if you're going to take, you taking the red. <laughs> he, he'd pulled. He'd been pulling him back for about 15 yards. Like, make sure you make sure you, like. It was touch and go whether it was in the area, but I think by the time Stuart went down, his foot was on the line, which means he's in the area. If you're going to pull him back and bring him down, just do it before he reaches the penalty area.
0: Yeah, I think that's what Carrick would want as well. And I think the best thing Carrick could do really is, I think it's unfair to keep Isaiah Jones out of the squad because I'm biased and I think he's fantastic. We need a right back, well, a right wing back. I think he should just be smart and wait. No, no, Dan, no,
1: no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie called it first. Yeah, I shot
0: Bundy. <laughs> I will go pick him up and bring him back down. Don't worry Jones that. will
2: look good on our bench behind <laughs> <laughs> Brie. Um, yeah,
0: anything else to add on either Sunderland or Middlesbrough before we move on?
1: Um, Sunderland lucky not to concede a penalty late on. Um, Akpon bun- bundled over. It was clumsy by Bailey Wright. And I think they were a little bit fortunate there. Um, and I guess on the other side, you know, Ross Stewart, genius. Given that you don't lose points for missing a penalty, misses the penalty, which would only get you three points in gaffer. <coughs> scores the rebound, which gets you five points in gaffer. So uh, he's clearly just a genius.
0: Now, um, there's been a lot of talk about that in in some chats, especially the Planet FPL sack. Um Obviously, we had real Last a couple of seasons ago where forward's got minus two for yellow cards which yeah. I moaned about every single week that's gone do you think it may work if I moan about this rule that Gaffer might listen to this and say yeah Jamie's got a point here we'll remove well, this rule I, I,
1: I tried to c- campaign for minus points for this and for own goals for missed penalties and own goals and I was unsuccessful so I think what we're learning here is that it has to be you to complain for change to happen well well,
0: Sean, Joe, I know you're listening. <laughs> you know what to do.
1: <laughs>
0: no, I, I really do think you should. I don't know. I see why they don't do because, you know, they're trying to make it um, a lot of fun. So you score more points than you would in like FPL. Obviously, when I don't want to say casual players, but I will say it anyway. Casual players look at the teams and they scored a lot of points. They enjoy it more. So I, I do get that but it's really annoying, especially me as a Stuart non-owner. Like It's an absolute (laughs) joke. So I want that removing straight away, not next season. I want it removing now. Darren, are you in agreement? Do you think that should be changed?
2: I think it should be changed. Um, I had it earlier on in the season with Pookie on my triple-triple. and um, He'd already scored two and then he he obviously took the penalty and missed, but he he still ended up with bonus and things like that. I think it needs minus points for pen misses and own goals, especially pen misses. The reason why you you, you pick penalty takers because of the chance of scoring, there has to be a bit of jeopardy in it, I think.
0: I agree. Right, let's move on then. Um, The other results. Um, Preston beat Birmingham away 2-1. Sheffield United beat Hull at home 1-0. Cardiff lost at home to Millwall 1-0. QPR and Swansea drew one or so did Bristol City and Blackburn. That's definitely worth talking about. And Blackpool Huddersfield was postponed due to a frozen pitch. Anything you'd like to pick on from any of them five games?
1: Um I'll I'll go with the uh Sheffield United whole game. Uh goal for Daniel Jebberson, um, who I thought who who had sort of earned those minutes. Um, and, you know, took the goal to well. Um, there was a lot of debate about whether it was an NDI assist. Um, we've got a question on that, so I won't go into it now. Um, Bogle looks like he's going to be in the team for a few weeks now, um, with uh, Baldock and Stevens likely out for a few weeks, so Lowe on the other side should be um, stay in the team now. And um, I'd also like to celebrate the fact that Ollie McBurney chief antagonizer is back. <laughs> uh, <laughs> managed I to, saw
0: that this morning, you know.
1: Yeah, managed to wind up Benjamin Tete to the point that he'd like headbutted him <laughs> and got sent off. <laughs> just, yeah, just, it was so stupid. But I just love the fact that Ollie McBurney chief antagonizer is back.
0: I do, I do love that. I think it's brilliant. Um, Blackburn obviously drawing for the first time this season is absolutely yeah. crazy. Um, I think also as well you see Cardiff losing to Millwall, a team um, which is it's not a surprise, but it just shows you know our worries about Cardiff are still there. And I'm also starting to worry about Birmingham as well. They seem to be dropping like a stone at the moment. They could do with a few decent results in the near future. Five campaign. losses in a row. Yeah, for Birmingham, they, they really could do with a win. Um, coming in the next few weeks um, yeah but I think that's about it then and we'll go uh, into... Jamal
1: Lowe goal just to mention Jamal Lowe scored for um, QPR yes uh, so he's worth goal keeping goal. An eye
0: did he I think I saw did he come on
1: he started uh, uh, he started um, in one of the attacking positions but like off um, off Dykes off Dykes Interesting.
0: Right then. Ask the experts is back, so these are the Twitter questions. <coughs> um I will start then. Um I'll come to you first, Angus. Mark Dorney has asked he has eight players for game week twenty nine but only one doubler. I oh, know sorry, two doubles for thirty-three, he replied at the bottom. Do I go to nine players for next week or roll to start building for game week thirty three? So he's basically got eight players in twenty nine already playing. He's got two doublers in that in his squad who are gonna double in thirty three. What would you advise to add an extra one for twenty nine or start building for thirty three?
1: I think it depends on the players you've got. Um, because i said to someone uh, i think today where for me um you know not to make everyone have the same team but the main players i've been looking at for 29 are giles chair sar and victor yeah um and, and like if you don't have any of them i'd probably be looking at that you don't have to but that's probably where i'd be looking beyond that um if you would rather sort of look ahead to um, thirty three, and just say you know I've got eight. I am going to be on eight without a hit, you know that sort of thing. Um, and roll and look ahead. I don't think that's that's a problem. I think eight or more is is what you know. I don't th- I don't know if anyone's actually asked it. Eight or more is what I'd be aiming for this week anyway in terms of players. So I, I think you are absolutely fine there. You are at a point where if you want to look ahead to thirty three. Go for it,
0: Dan. This is an interesting topic, actually. So, I'm going to come to you on this question as well, or your thoughts on it.
2: Uh, so I currently have I've got eight, but one is Jones, and uh, yeah, but I've got yeah, basically. <laughs> so, um, like Hangar, so I, I've got the key players. Um, I might use my free transfer to get eight, and then I'll probably just leave it as that. Because the players who I'm gonna bring in on I'm, I'm not gonna captain or anything, I don't think. So
0: See, eight I'm seven but I haven't got saw and I swore I was never touching that club again, so I'm just gonna go out but one of my seven is Sam Fields, by the way. So I'm just getting appearance points. But I think you're right what you both said, you know, get them key players in. And I, I wouldn't be worrying about bringing crap in like, you know, like Sam Fields, something like that. I just just don't think it's worth it. If you've already got eight, I think you're in a good position compared to what some people may be in. I'd just go with that. I wouldn't have start building for 33. Um, next question FPL frustration. Dad, I'll come to you first. What are your th- thoughts on only going into this game week with nine players? Only nine. And who are the main captain and vice candidates? You would have probably covered this earlier in the pod. Cheers, gents. So it's kind of going back to what you kind of just said there, isn't it? But if you want yeah, to say two or three captain options for this week, then who would they be?
2: Um, Saar, Chair, Victor, Akpom.
1: I think that's the four main ones. Angus? Um. Yeah, that sounds right.
0: Okay, brilliant. Um, Fpr Red Arrow was asked, "Would you buy Crooks or Riley?" Angus.
1: It's I assume that's question. Riley McGree. I, uh, I imagine
0: so. Yeah, he has just put Riley. Um, he's probably. His, he might be his mates on first, first <laughs> basis. I don't know. Um,
1: I'm gonna say McGree but I think you've picked the two that um, are most likely to not play the game, yeah. <laughs> which is the slight concern there. Um, but I'll say McGree. Dan, you were
0: nodding out, so I assume you agree.
2: Yeah, I just think Archer's that just there isn't he? and eventually he's going he's gonna to start. I know, Jamie, you've brought in Crooks, but... <laughs>
0: I'll be honest, I didn't buy him in just because he's playing up front. Um, I was hoping... You know, when I actually come in he may drop back into midfield which I don't think that much of a negative thing but no Malc he's probably not going to play now so I'll be down to 6 so yeah um, right next question it's come to you for skiel Skiel78 Is asked any chance Blackpool v Huddersfield gets rearranged for 31st or the 1st of Feb to give Huddersfield a double game week in 29 or is that likely to be too short noticed or too many games in a short space of time. Cheers for all the help.
1: I mean, if you ignore the fantasy football element of it and the fact that we love double game weeks, there's no need for them to put it there. Absolutely none. Um, you know, only one of them plays in the FA Cup at the weekend, but one of them does play in the FA Cup. Um they can absolutely put it in further down the line that's not a problem um, and i'm also skeptical that the efl um would want to put um games on where possible where they can avoid it on the same day as the league cup semi-finals given that that is you know officially the efl cup yeah would they really want to put on a game that clashes with that product when they don't have to
2: so also deadline
0: day so the clubs might not want it either yeah so highly unlikely I'd say yeah right Dan FPL Frog Um, got 10 players one is Jones for game at 29 but thinking of rolling is midfield and forwards fully stocked and I don't want any other defenders playing besides BNC and already have free Coventry is that mad or sensible
2: sensible Yeah. like we said Eight's fine. I'll be going in with eight.
0: And I'll come back to you on this one, Dan, because the last one's probably going to be more aimed at Angus. Um, J- James has asked where in DI's assist points and standard four bonus.
2: Well, it wasn't an assist. It wasn't. He, he's passed it. It's hit the whole defender and it's gone to Jefferson. Yeah.
0: It's not an assist. Um, no bonus. So I think that screwed everybody. everybody who had some kind of armband on him this week, and then I um, had
2: the vo- I had the vice on him, so it's sc- screwed
0: me you. over. Um, right, Cheers. last question, Angus, and it's from he's gonna have to DM me and tell me how to pronounce the name Pateri Anunan That's probably nowhere near. Apologies.
2: It's better than last week, I think.
0: Was it? I can't remember what I tried (laughs) last week. (laughs) Excuse me. Right, Angus. How many games um, are there missing from Gaffer fixtures at the time you you make this recording? Um, If there are, which ones? Pointing for possible overall Gaming 30 in fixtures, the key in his decision. So, basically, how many more have got to be scheduled in?
1: Um, Two. Four now, because you've got Blackpool-Huddersfield as well. Yeah, so there's Um, four
0: games to go in.
1: Yeah, so uh, there's three, obviously, from the FA Cup postponements that are still to be rearranged. Uh, Luton-Cardiff, West Brom-Wigan, and Preston-Coventry. And then, obviously, now Blackpool-Huddersfield as well.
0: And then, I don't know if you've worked out yet, but how many potential more could get called off due to... Um, the next round of the FA Cup, if Championship teams progress, so we know Wootton.
1: That should be fine. The, o- the be only good. one, the only one that can be called off is Luton Millwall in third and that's because it got put into the midweek, which is where the next round of the FA Cup would be. So that's that's, that's the, so only the weekend's one
0: absolutely weekend. fine. Right? right yeah. Okay, so you put under that decision to use one or two free transfers at twenty nine, and then the cheeky buggers is that's another question. Um, will there be blanks because of FA Cup? If yes, when, um, where, and how to estimate the affected teams? I just basically asked that without realising he asked this. Um, so yes, yeah, so we know now. Then, which games have got to get back in? We obviously don't know what game week they're going in because some have gone into thirty three, some um, have gone into thirty five. Is it Angus? Yeah.
1: yeah so yeah. a couple have gone
0: into thirty five. So it's just wait and see on them. Um, and then that wraps up all the questions and we'll go into our last segment. Um, so obviously we did reach out to our audience and just see what they would want us to do. Our, our predictions that we used to do seem to be quite popular. Um, but we wanted to do something where I could keep tabs on the scores and I couldn't be asked doing 12 games worth of scores. So we have condensed it down. And we are going with predict. An essential pick, so that's probably you know best captain options for the week who we think will score the most. A differential pick, which we haven't planned any of this, so we don't actually know the full rules. But shall we say differential below ten percent owned,
1: or do you say that's quite high?
2: I don't know. I think ownership's hard on this game because <laughs> it's massively out of sync,
1: and it's lower than you think. I think with a lot of players. So I'd say because like you can be. Like, for example, goalkeepers, there are only four goalkeepers that are owned by over 10% of teams, so uh, maybe under 5%.
0: Right, okay, let's make it interesting, 5%. And then we've got a flop, so a highly owned player if we think will do absolutely nothing in the upcoming week. So shall we put that down to a percentage, or how shall we do that? We should probably have well, re- planned this before we started recording. <laughs> How shall we do that one? The flop.
2: Just, just a popular pick. Popular.
1: So we'll say, we'll say what is it? The f- um first screen. So like in terms of ownership. So like.
2: Do points? Points scored so far.
1: Points scored. What top top ten? Yeah, just
2: yeah on the like the first main
1: screen. Like if you go on the transfers, the first screen yeah. of players. Right. Yeah. Okay.
0: Right then. So those on YouTube can see oh, we've got standings, we're all on zero points um, and then the table is blank because we obviously haven't done our predictions yet, each week what I'll do is I'll show the results from the previous week um, that'll be much easier so this week we'll go in alphabetical order so Angus gets first pick um, we can't have obviously have who Angus has had we've all got to have different players going oh, really? F- okay. yeah. going okay, forward um, it'll be the person who's bottom will get first pick um, to make it interesting so essential pick Angus who is your essential pick for this week I'll go get the fixtures up and the transfers in a minute to oh, to well, the a
1: great picture. thing this week is there's only three games you've yeah. only got six you can pick from <laughs> um shit
0: this is where it's going to be great for audio. Because I'm going to go. I'm going to go with
1: spot. my guy um, and and already be different. I'm going to say a stupid young. Oh,
0: I, f- I was going to have him because I thought <laughs> you two wouldn't. <laughs> um, Angus, can you make a note of these? Because <laughs> I'll forget.
1: yeah, I'll, I won't do it now, but I'll, I'll make a note of it afterwards. Right, okay.
0: Dan, who's your essential pick for this upcoming week?
2: I'm going to go for it's between two. I'm going to go Victor.
0: It was your other one and I'll go him.
2: <laughs> no, because that would annoy me when it's right.
0: Uh, I'm not going to, I can't choose a Watford player. I'm going to go Akpon. Oh,
2: my... that was not I who was, I was going to go chair.
0: No, I'm going to go Akpon against Ooh. Watford. <laughs> uh, right, differential pit now. Right, let me get on the transfers. We are so professional, honestly. I I do not know how the FL have not phoned us yet and offered us a contract. I
2: know. I know. As long as mine don't get picked, I know who I'm going to pick.
0: Right. Ownership, and it's below 5%. God, I've got to find some below 5% and actually play this week. Oh, I've got mine. Oh, I no, know it's 55 God.
1: Because I thought because I thought he looked exciting this week. Um I'm gonna go with Mateus Martins from Watford. Ooh,
2: that's a shout. That is a hey. shout. I'm hey. gonna go for Jamal Lowe.
1: Good one.
0: Oh, I'm gonna beat you on this one because it's written in the stars for this guy to haul this week. Sandfield gets the nod for me.
2: He must, is he not five 5- percent Four
0: point eight percent He's been in my team all season. It's finally time for me and him to rise together. Um and then the flop then, so that's going by total points, did you say? And yeah. one on the first page of each position. Yeah. Right, okay. Angus is obviously going first.
1: Oh, that! that, uh, I'm not going to go with the cheating answer. Okay. Because the cheating answer, I'm going to say this now because I I don't think any of us should go with it. You can't say Isaiah Jones. Okay. As as flop of the week. That that's cheating because. (laughs) Oh no! I'm
0: looking wrong. I'm not even looking at the first page. I've been on page two. Um,
1: So I I, I, Isaiah Jones. No, Isaiah Jones is cheating. (laughs) Right, okay, okay, okay. Um so I'm gonna take the obvious answer. I know who mine is. Go on. Then. Ishmael Assar Fuck.
2: <laughs> I'm gonna go for a stupid then.
0: <sighs> Ooh, okay, okay. Right. I'm gonna go for a victor. Okay, yeah. Victor yeah. So we need to note these down. Yeah. Um next week they'll be on screen here who we had and the points that they got and then I'll update the standings each week as well sound good?
2: yeah I I like how different people view it I think it's brilliant
0: yeah also listeners viewers if you want to get involved as well um, send us yours in Um, if there's any that are absolutely ridiculous and I find funny I'll definitely mention on the podcast Uh, but I think that's a wrap then isn't it for this week
2: yeah.
1: Anything else you'd like to cover before we say our goodbyes? Um, I'll tweet out something this week about um, the format for the e- the second annual EFL Fantasy Cup.
0: Yes. Are, are we giving away a prize?
1: Yeah. Um. As as pictured in the tweet, there is a oh, delightful yes. mug from FPL merch.
2: Twenty one, twenty two. So
1: yeah you'll you'll get a cup that you'll get a mug that says 2122 as well <laughs> we're just going to keep we're just going to keep giving people 2122 winners
0: did the guy who won the i can't even remember what competition we did for this prize sheets did he have it like confirmed that he yes, received the yes shirt? He yes he got it ah, i was going to call him ungrateful for not even like tweeting saying like, no like, no he, he, he got it, it cost he just a he lot did. of money that did they were more expensive than a <laughs> force um, yes and also the Gaffer Super League which I run is I will put updates on that after game week 30 going into the last set so who's in the promotion places who's got a chance from going from non-league into the actual game and also updates on the cash league because that's getting quite interesting towards the top um, yeah if that's everything then thank you very much for watching or listening however you've done please like, subscribe and all that kind of jazz and um, tell your dog about us, all that kind of stuff and it says FA Cup weekend next weekend but we've got obviously the free games, I am unfortunately going to be in Brussels so I definitely won't be recording anything I'm not sure what the plan is yet but um, keep a check on the podcast Twitter page, you'll tweet something out with Youngest yeah. if you're yeah. going to do something um, but yeah thank you very much and we'll see you next time goodbye
1: Bye.